The way we all consume stuff, services, and products on a day-to-day, it's been evolving over time, and you could fairly say that it's changed pretty dramatically for lots of us over the past couple of years. Yes, fueled by the pandemic, but it was also kind of heading that way anyway. And in healthcare, patients want more control of their healthcare. We're a consumer-centric world, and healthcare is kind of now trying to just deal with that. One organisation that's on a mission to democratise healthcare is Midnight Health. And today I'm joined by Nick Blair, the founder and CEO. And in this episode, we'll explore how patient experience in healthcare might change over time, the role of technology in making some of those changes, and also some of the challenges it presents in having a more patient-centric world. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech. Oh, let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Nick Blair, founder of Midnight Health, a patient-led digital health platform that launched their first two brands, Yuli and Stago, last year in 2021. They saw some exponential growth and they received a $4 million investment from NIB in November. Now he's here today. Hey, Nick, how are you going? Good. Thanks for having me, Pete. Yeah. Long time and finally uh, got you on the show. So so thank you for making the time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's uh, good to follow this up after a great chat at Talking Health Tech Summit last week. Yeah. Good timing. We did the, the summer summit last week and had you on a panel with a couple of other members as well. So yeah, good opportunity to jump into some of that. But for those that don't know you, Nick, tell us a bit about yourself and your background, and then we can learn some more about Midnight Health after that. Uh, yeah. So I founded uh, Midnight Health, I guess, towards the end of 2020. We launched our first brand, Yuli. It'll be Yuli's first birthday in a week, focused on women's healthcare. And so Prior to launching Midnight Health and moving into the digital healthcare space, I actually founded a digital agency back in 2011, which was acquired a few years ago, finished that in 2019. And I guess leading up to the end of that earnout and that acquisition process, kind of kept circling back into digital healthcare space and looking at what was happening in other industries and other markets and saw this as a, a great opportunity to join the fast moving healthcare industry as we kind of transition into digital and take some of the skills and, and knowledge that I've learned and move into a space that can have a really big impact on uh, people's lives. Yeah. I can't tell if there was a level of irony when you said fast-moving healthcare, but... Uh, <laughs> and so tell us a bit more about Midnight Health then, what that is. Yeah. So with Midnight Health, um, we're focused on building out a patient-led digital healthcare platform. We launched Yuli, which is our women's healthcare brand, almost 12 months ago. And we launched a men's brand called Stagger in August. And both of those businesses, I guess, in their initial state, were focusing on providing telehealth prescriptions and medication delivery for kind of six or seven either over-the-counter or prescription-based treatments, which we focused on growth and customer acquisition until we closed our round with NIB in November. But the journey from here for us as a business and our vision is much more beyond just telehealth prescriptions and medication delivery, but actually building a single platform to manage your healthcare from and looking at how we can consolidate the fragmented healthcare industry and really change the patient experience both pre and post consult. Mm-hmm. I like it. This whole patient experience thing, though, it's not an easy thing to kind of attack in healthcare. Tell us a bit more about you know some of the core things that you're trying to change here. Yeah, so we're approaching this from a few different angles. I mean, as I mentioned before, there's the leading up to a consult and then there's that post-diagnosis, post-consult phase. To start with, in terms of that post-consult care, I think there's a massive opportunity for us to be able to really improve what happens afterwards 
after somebody has a consult with a GP or they're diagnosed with something or they're discharged from hospital. And I think there's a number of businesses doing a really great job starting to look at specific chronic diseases. But I think that all-encompassing technology platform that can allow that post-consult support and a patient support framework attached to different types of treatments or medication or uh, diagnosis is something that's lacking somewhat at the moment and allows a really great opportunity to provide care at scale. A simplified example for us is, let's say you're prescribed a certain contraceptive pill and you go to the GP now. In most cases, there's no follow-up that happens after that unless you specifically have a problem or a side effect that requires you to book another appointment and go in. So there's a really great opportunity for us to be able to, in an example like that, look at the medication that someone's prescribed, provide them with education along the way if necessary, provide them with a prompt that allows them to you know, let us know if they've had certain side effects that might mean that our registered nurse or a GP should follow up and look at whether you know they should change the medication, whether we should refer them into an offline visit to check some other vitals or, or information that they might need to determine whether it is in fact the right medication for them. So I think there's that whole post-consult area where the patient experience could be improved significantly via technology, not only for the experience, but also for better healthcare outcomes and management. Uh, mm. And I think you know, the other area of it is a consolidation of the fragmented industry and when you're actually coming in to receive care in the first place. So it might be initially, you know, just coming in to receive an easy telehealth script and delivery of a certain medication. But beyond that, it's also looking at, well, what's the best patient experience and the most seamless way that we can pull all of these services together to consolidate that and provide a, a seamless experience for patients so that if I need to access quite a few different streams of healthcare, then I don't have to have them all sit within isolation of each other and, and mean that no one talks to each other. There's no information sharing. There's no single experience for me to be able to access these things. Yeah. And that's an interesting point because, you know, with Midnight Health being like an overarching organization, and then you've got your different brands underneath. And like you said, you started with Yuli, is that right? And then recently brought in Stagger. I'll ask firstly then why specifically focus in those two particular, there's a lot of healthcare to be delivered. Why have you decided to go with those two in the first instance? Uh, so we're looking to bring probably one other kind of demographic led brand to market specifically to kind of complete our offering in terms of different segments of market. I think, you know, focusing on women's healthcare in particular is the first brand we launched. That was in reality the, the most underserviced of the markets in terms of online solutions that were helping to overcome some of those challenges. And, you know, one thing that kept coming up frequently for us was around receiving emergency contraception or the morning after pill and the challenge and, and daunting experience that is for many women, I guess, who have had to go through the experience of obtaining it. And so a big part of our business is looking at, you know, what are the problems that exist from a consumer or a patient experience perspective and how can we actually solve that? And, you know, something like the emergency contraception delivery, you know, we launched the Australia's first, we're now still the only people who actually allow customers to receive that via a digital method. And that problem could actually be solved. Like we could take the friction out of that quite easily by integrating with a, a big pharmacy partner network and taking the questionnaire that someone needs to be asked at the pharmacy counter and replicating that into a digital environment. And so, you know, that's something that we could do quite easily. And we look at that from our perspective and say, well, why does this process still exist? Why does it have to happen that way? And the answer is that- mm. That's such an interesting point because, you know, you talk about that friction and sometimes I think in healthcare, particularly in primary healthcare, in the past, that friction has been quite deliberate for different reasons in that have been driven by different things too. And often it comes under the guise of clinical governance of, well, 
For a quality healthcare to be delivered, you can't do that with a device. They need to be physically in front of me. The end. But, you know, we've seen over the past couple of years that, you know, with telehealth and everything that that kind of landscape is changing. How have you found it from your own experience, you know, from the clinician's point of view as well? How do you think about that whole integrating what you're doing into like the more traditional ways of delivering healthcare? Yeah, well, I think the key thing there is that, you know, we're not trying to replace the GP. I mean, we're trying to assist the GP. We're trying to also allow people to get better access to healthcare. You know, we already know, the whole industry knows that, you know, we have resource challenges, we have accessibility challenges. Uh, and so we see it as our role to help improve that and work alongside the clinicians and the industry to be able to equip them with what they need to either a, have more time to focus on patients that actually need it as opposed to those you know, quick referrals or quick scripts that don't necessarily, I guess, need the time to be allocated to them. And so I think, you know, it's creating solution where we can remove those from a day if it means that somebody else can get better care. And then it's also from our view and the longer term vision of what we want to do with our platform, it's also actually reaching the point where we can equip practitioners with more information about somebody's healthcare because we're a single point that actually you know, that someone comes in to access this type of information. For an example, you know, you have a, a script for a certain medication, you've gone and done a gut microbiome test somewhere else to understand information about somebody's gut health. You've got a pathology referral over here. You maybe have an allied health practitioner that you visit for something else. Uh, all of that data and all that information sits in isolation. And at the end of the day, if the practitioner wants the most complete view of your healthcare to be able to make the best decisions for you, then we see that our platform is not necessarily taking that away from the practitioner, but over time, actually providing them with that information and having that online to offline integration, which we actually view as critical in terms of providing a whole health solution longer term. Mm. Kind of reminds me of conversations that happened years ago between, and they still happen now, about the discussion of what healthcare should be delivered in a pharmacy versus what healthcare should be delivered in a GP clinic. And there's, you know, different perspectives on either side and, and the conversation can get quite but what I think is always interesting is that the reason the conversation comes up is because that's what people choose and people are trying to access healthcare in easier ways. And I think what we're kind of arriving at is there's different modalities for different situations that are most appropriate, that not just that they can be, but they often provide a better outcome for everybody involved. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things there as well, and we kind of touched on it before around, you know, say like a clinical governance for certain conditions or treatment areas. You know, the way that we approach that in our business is that, you know, there's a certain percentage of people that are being prescribed or diagnosed or treated for a certain condition that you can bring into a digital only environment. And then there's a percentage of those people that need access to physical GPs or the GP needs access to more data to be able to safely prescribe or treat or manage somebody's condition. And so I think the other piece of that puzzle is, you know, contraception or mental health, you know, not saying, hey, we can service hundred percent of these people in a digital only environment, you know, we might be able to safely look after 40% of those people or 60% of those people, or maybe it's only 10% of those people, but it's us as a business and our you know, ensuring that we have the right clinical efficacy, make sure that we have the right healthcare outcomes by saying, well, what a percentage of that market or what is it that we can service for that condition or treatment safely? And then referring people into the offline world or to a video consult or wherever it might be if they can't be helped due to it being a first-time prescription or they've got issues with BMI or blood pressure or those types of things. Yeah. 
You know, something that strikes me, you've got a really good understanding of the challenges at hand and the issues to address. But, you know, as you mentioned, too, haven't got an extensive career in healthcare or, you know, health tech or anything prior to identifying this as an opportunity. Do you think that's helped or hindered you in the current situation? Because there's more and more people who don't have experience in healthcare getting involved in trying to solve some of these problems. I think it's been beneficial, mostly. I think, you know, I come from a digital environment. And so that's where I I guess, um, you know, my skill set lies in looking at things from when we're talking about the patient experience and creating that in a digital environment. But I also think we've equipped ourselves with a really great team of medical director, registered nurse, we've built a panel of specialists and ensuring that we have those people around us to contribute to these conversations and help us build these frameworks. But I also think coming into this space without a healthcare lens means, A, we operate like a tech startup and we move fast and we get things done and we look at what the problems are that we need to solve and we apply a tech startup methodology to delivering that. And I think we also, we challenge the way that things have been done in the past by working with our medical team and saying, okay, this can't be prescribed in a digital environment because of X. And then we make that our job to go away and have a look at it and go, cool, well, can that actually be achieved through a video or through a photo or through a connected medical device to provide information back to our platform? There's ways that we can solve these problems through technology that in some cases, I think, the healthcare practitioners, you know, maybe not accustomed to looking at as the problem solver for some of these issues, I think. And so that's where, yeah, I certainly think that it's been beneficial to come into it. Uh, the other thing too, I think, is that it's a really great time for digital healthcare right now. And I think some people have been in the healthcare space for a long time and been in the slow moving beast, I think, maybe come in with a uh, slightly jaded by having been we're tired man yeah. we're, we're freaking tired I've this space for a long time whereas you know uh coming into it fresh i think is uh, is great it's a good approach definitely just thinking then about the healthcare providers obviously you know have clinicians working with you as well how have they found you know being part of the solution and delivering healthcare in a different way one thing that i think is really apparent is that you know, I think this transition was always going to happen at some point, but the pandemic has certainly brought it forward and put a rocket up this digital healthcare adoption. And probably to a large extent, the way that clinicians view how healthcare can be delivered. We're getting a lot of support and a lot of interest from clinicians who are keen to also be part of this challenge and solving this problem. You know, We're recruiting some new GPs at the moment and bringing people on board. And most of the conversations that we have, for example, with the GPs are very much around, you know, they've applied or shown interest in joining our team because they're actually interested in this space and how do we deliver it and how do we change it and what are the things we need to do to move forward as opposed to just wanting to work as a job, I suppose, you know, there might be if you're in a clinical practice like you are on a regular basis. And so there's definitely an interest from the industry in how do we solve these things and wanting to be a part of that journey. And I think it's, you know, even to very early stages, we started speaking with pharmacists when we wanted to launch the emergency contraception delivery. It's always a mixed bag. You know, if some pharmacist said to us, no, I need to consult every person that wants to access this in person at my counter, you know, and then others could not be more supportive of trying to do that because, you know, they view it as I can get all the information that I need. If it's done in a discreet manner, it means that they might be even more likely to give me, mm. you know, better responses and then I can help them get what they need, which is their goal at the end of the day. So yeah, it's definitely, it comes with its yeah, interesting conversations and, and different views and approaches on it for sure. There's something to be said, just as a, an observation generally, thinking about key demographic for people receiving healthcare delivered in a different way. On that point you mentioned before, we're dealing with, like, especially with a younger demographic who are probably more comfortable in sharing a lot more information if they 
entered it securely and discreetly on an app versus having to physically walk into a place. And you would, like you say, you probably get better quality information in, in doing it this way, not just like for like, but probably something better. So then thinking about then the consumers and the people involved for a second, you know, one thing that I know is that if you're trying to do anything that's, you know, going direct to consumer, you you usually need a pretty big marketing budget. You've got to be spending a lot of time thinking about how we become aware to as many individual people as possible. How have you found that in this particular space? There's certain areas of it which are quite competitive. As I'm sure you're aware, there's a few other guys spending lots of money on certain areas like men's health and some of the men's health issues that we're targeting with Stagger. So it's definitely a pretty competitive environment and you certainly need to have marketing budgets to support growth and be able to also invest in acquiring customers at a higher rate than you know instant profitability because it's a lifetime value associated with people who are getting prescriptions. And ultimately, you need to have a marketing budget that allows you to invest in, I guess, acquiring customers that return their value over time. You know, I think that's one of the sort of the biggest um, takeaways, I guess, if you're, you know, if you're looking to approach this type of space. But the other is that, you know, we see really great customer acquisition and low customer acquisition costs through products that we've launched that other people are, are not doing in market. You know, things like emergency contraception, things like access to thrush treatments, which is an over-the-counter treatment that evidently when we launched it, began to realize that the lack of competition in that space and, you know, people looking to acquire those. And, you know, they're only single purchase items, but they're, you know, we're bringing things to market that people are looking for that nobody else is really delivering. And that's what we're looking to do with our product roadmap from here as well is not necessarily pick, you know, the five or six high ticket items or like, and hammer them with pumping millions and millions of dollars into targeting these five things. But for us, it's actually mm -hmm. a breadth of services and are looking to you know acquire customers over time, and, and with something like Yuli, you know, targeting a younger demographic in women's health, we're also Yuli is building a really powerful brand for you know empowering young women about sexual health and body positivity and these types of things. And so, you know, we're getting great support from influencers and people like that who are speaking to our audience who are coming in to take control of their health and get access via digital means because we also represent something that they all believe in as well. Yeah. You know, we're just coming off the back of the summit as well. You participated in the, the summer summit in a session around democratizing healthcare for patients. And during that session, we touched on some of these points, but what are some of the, like, what would you kind of say was some of the key things you took out of that session with the other panelists that you spoke at? I think one of the key focuses for that panel was around customer-centric products in terms of patient experience, right? You know, there's a lot of discussion, particularly due to the nature of the other panelists, but there's a lot of discussion around customer-centric products or businesses or experiences. And that's something that I think there's a portion of the healthcare industry that have a good understanding of building customer or patient-centric experiences. But then I also think there's a you know, much of the healthcare industry that doesn't look outwards towards building customer-centric experiences. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel. There's companies like Google and Amazon and Uber and people like that who have spent years and millions and millions of dollars, you know, trying to build the best customer-centric experience that they can. And I think that there's many aspects of healthcare, while it might be a more complicated business and have more levers that need to be pulled to deliver a, a patient or customer experience. I think, you know, we should also look outward to the technology that people are already used to using, they're already familiar with using, and simplify the customer experience in healthcare to mimic that of those platforms or those other brands who've taken other complex experiences and turn them into a pretty simple process. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that, you know, we need to look at in the healthcare space from here. So true. So true. Then thinking about then looking at the future for 
you guys, you know, coming off the back of you've raised the seed round with NIB, you've got them on board, you've got the brands and you've got more happening. What's the focus? What's the priority for 2022 for Midnight Health? Yeah, so the biggest thing for us, you know, is it's only, I guess, we're coming up to three months from raising our round. And so in the biggest focus for us is across team, product and growth at the moment. So we've been on a big hiring spree uh, since raising capital, you know, building the team out. We've got some amazing talent coming into the business that have either joined already or coming in over this month as well. So bringing some great people in to help us work towards our goals. Uh, you know, the second point is around product and building out the product roadmap. You know, as I mentioned, we've got these handful of treatments really across each of those brands, which were a great opportunity for entry into the market. But we're really focused on trying to build that single platform where you can manage many aspects of your healthcare from. So that as an ambitious roadmap certainly comes with a lot of work that needs to be done in product development, not only across different treatment areas, but also across other services and capabilities that will allow our platform to deliver those things. And so it's building those out from here and starting to make that progress towards that longer term vision. And then the other is around growth, obviously, and continuing to invest marketing dollars, as we said, um, and continuing to grow the brands and grow each of the new products that we bring, leading into raising some more capital this year as well. So we'll look to raise some more capital probably mid-year or just after and yeah, keep heading on the trajectory that we are. Exciting times. Yeah, it's good. What we'll do, we'll put some details in the show notes of this episode for people to check out if they wanted to learn a bit more about Midnight Health and the different brands in the camp there and connect with you as well. But Nick, I really appreciate you making the time. It's great to chat with you now and last week at the summit as well. Look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen. Listener.